Head over to miniaturemarket.com where they have thousands of board games at discounted prices and you can sign up for product alerts. Hello my friends, it's the Game Boy Geek here. Back in 1981, a board game called Dark Tower had come out. It was way ahead of its time. It was this huge black tower that made all sorts of sounds and had different monsters in the windows. Uh, I had this as a kid and I loved playing it and even to this day people have such nostalgic value tied to this that they will pay hundreds of dollars for the old copy from back in the day. Uh, so restoration games and what they're known for is taking older games like Fireball Island and recreating them into games that are actually good and fun to play unlike what we don't remember from our childhood which was those older games actually weren't very good. They were just cool things to look at and play with. So today, uh, I'm going to take a look at the sequel to Dark Tower. It's called Return to Dark Tower from Restoration Games. I just got back from PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia last night. And just before I left that convention to go to the airport, I had a chance to sit down and play through the game. And so I've taken some video. Uh, I was not expecting to be able to sit down and play this when I left. So I just took pictures and video from my phone here. So I'm going to give you a quick overview of what the game's about. And then I'm going to show you uh, what I think about it after a first play. Alright, well there was a quick look at how Dark Tower sort of works. So let's talk about my first impressions. Now, I played uh, in a 90 minute session. Uh, about 15 minutes of that was rules and the rest of it we were playing. We didn't make it to the end of the scenario, but we played enough to get a pretty good feeling for at least how this specific scenario worked. And we were able to ask questions directly to the publisher about you know, different thoughts and how things were working and how would they work in the future and how they work in other scenarios and stuff. So let me talk a little bit about what uh, I think after playing just basically one 90 minute session with this. Obviously, what you wanna know about is the tower. So uh, the tower presence, just as much if not more than it used to be when we were kids. Uh, it's gonna make you stop and say, what the heck are you playing if this thing's on the table? It looks cool, the noises it makes, the lights it does, the way it works with the app, all that sort of stuff. Definitely very cool. The technology in that thing is just unbelievable. I'll get to more about that in just a moment. Uh, the way that the skulls fall through, uh, you know, it almost reminded me a little bit of Fireball Island, where sometimes you drop a skull in and it's going to drop off onto somebody's kingdom. Or maybe not. Or maybe it just gets sort of held in the tower to be delivered later. Uh, and that aspect kind of reminded me of that Volcar uh, dropping the fireballs in there. Uh, and it just, it, it's a cool thing. It, it almost takes that way to the next level with all the things it can do with what's in the tower. Um, the tower itself. When, when the things when the doors open and doors start glowing and you take the door up and maybe it's a glyph that makes something harder for you to do like you've got to pay you know uh, uh, extra extra uh, spirit which is that currency to do it uh, you know a quest or things like that uh, so it makes things actions you do harder which is cool or maybe when you open the door it opens up shoots that make it more possible for skulls to be shooting out into your kingdom and things like that really cool idea in the way that thing worked. Uh, when the tower rotates uh, at different times, that part's always like nerve-wracking. Everyone's biting their you know fingernails because it's rotating, and you're hoping that a ton of skulls don't fall out into your kingdom. And typically, it will to somebody, <laughs> and you're watching that through. But the way that whole thing rotates, and oh well, I had a glyph before, and now I have an open shoot, and a bunch just fell out. Or hey, maybe I had a bunch a shoot before, and a bunch fell out before, but now I have a glyph in front of me. And so it'll change what you can do, what others can do. And since it's a cooperative game, that's sort of uh, important. So the tower itself is pretty amazing. A little bit more on the technology that a little bit later uh, but it is quite cool what they've done with this uh, I like the cooperative aspect I typically like cooperative games 
I like how you're trying, you can, you know, go and cleanse other others' buildings and their kingdoms. You don't have to stay in your own kingdom. You're working together to fight uh, and you're helping each other out and things like that. You can, you know, trade potions and things like that. And uh, I typically like co-op games, but there was someone there that said, I typically don't like co-op games, but I do really like this one. And so that says something big for someone like that. Uh, I like the special abilities of the characters and all the different virtues that you're sort of powering up with and giving you more and more options as the game goes on. Uh, the scenario-based quest in Monsters is something that's pretty interesting because we just played one scenario and we were trying to essentially find three specific treasures and then have someone get maxed out on the amount of five virtues and they're able to sort of break into the tower and then the, 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 the large, you know, the, the, the big villain of the game was going to come out and we were all going to have to fight him. We never got that quite that far. Uh, but I like how the scenario-based things will change how things work, what your goals are, what's going on, the different monsters, the different companions that can come out. Uh, it looks like they've, they've put a lot of design space in there to make sure that even with this technology and even with the, the main mechanisms of the game, they're going to be able to wrap that around all sorts of different things to make the game feel fresh as you play more and more. And I'm really looking forward to doing that when this finally comes out next year. Uh, now, this game has that app I showed you. And I know some people don't like apps in games, but in this case, I think it's one of those ones that, yes, it's sort of mandatory, but it's also a way that they can fine-tune the game, make things go faster than they normally would, and it allows them to, to do certain things. And, and I talked about the technology of that tower. You know, not only does it help you sort of fight with battling, and instead of drawing cards, it's randomly doing things. And it can change those things depending on the level of the monster. It can change those things depending on what's going on in the game. And I like that it, it, it has more influence as to what's going on uh, around you. Also, sort of the events that come up through the app. You know, I asked them, I said, are these, are these random or what? No, actually, it knows the state of the game. It knows what's been going on. It knows certain things about the skulls in the tower. It knows about the windows in the tower. It knows which, which, which ones have been, which, you know, uh, creatures have been battled and killed and which ones are still out there. So with that, it, it will intelligently come up with events at certain times that have to do with where you're at. And I think that's a really great use of an app because it's something that sort of cards would never be able to do. So they're using the app in the best way possible to make the game more streamlined, but also give it intelligence and allow the game to sort of cater to where you're at. And I think that's brilliant. Uh, the side quest is really cool because you're trying to get that one quest like I in the scenario, like I mentioned, three treasures and then have someone max out with virtues. But there's these, you know, those side quests that come out where you're trying to do one or two, maybe possible more things in other scenarios that are going to give you some bonuses. In it. And if you don't do some of them, bad things are possibly going to happen. Uh, and I like that those side quests only stick around for about, you know, basically around about two rounds of play. Uh, because at the end of the month, those side quests are going to go away and new ones come out. But you don't know exactly when they're going to end, but you know it's somewhere around two. And, and that was something they sort of alluded to that was, so we asked, is this every, you know, how often does this happen? I like how it's not exactly, you can't bet exactly when it's going to happen. That's another cool thing that the app helps out with. Uh, this game has pretty streamlined mechanisms, but definitely gives you a lot to think about. I mean, you're moving around, you're choosing one of three actions, and you're possibly reinforcing at one of the buildings, and each of those buildings does a different thing. So your turns are actually quite simple. Uh, but there's definitely a lot to do, a lot to talk about with other players. Uh, the state of the game, what are we fighting for, what are we going for, side quests, avoiding corruption, trying to get the main quests, all sorts of things. So it is very streamlined though, but there's definitely a lot of depth here. I like that the corruption uh, is, you know, it's that possible loss condition where if someone gets, you know, three uh, corruption, which I almost got pretty early in the game because I was getting hammered. Uh, but there are also sort of hindrances that sort of stop you from doing certain things, which sort of balances because you are, over the course of the game, getting those, those virtues that are actually helping you out. I like that you're trying to balance sort of what are we doing with quests versus cleansing those skulls, 
because if you don't cleanse enough skulls, that could make you lose, or it's going to give players uh, corruption, which might end up getting you, you know, a, a lost game as well. So it is this sort of balance between cleansing skulls, staying away from corruption, the side quests, but also the big quests and battling and all sorts of different things. Uh, now, if I think back to Fireball Island, uh, when they redid Fireball Island, it, they kept things somewhat similar, but they really improved the game a ton. I had Fireball Island as a kid. I, I remembered it being awesome and fun. But of course, when you go back and play it now, you're like, wow, this is terribly random. And they fixed that with all the work that Restoration does. And this is why they're so great is they made it a great fun game, but still kept it light, kept it true to what it was, but just made it a lot better. Similar to uh, Stop Thief, which they took back from the 70s and made a lot better. This is, you know, a, they're, they're careful of calling it a sequel because, you know, I, I had Dark Tower as a kid. I loved it. Uh, but a few years ago, I downloaded like a free app that allowed you to play it. And it had all the sounds and all the, all the images and all that sort of stuff. And I played it and I went, wow, this game, I forgot how incredibly random this game is. It wasn't a very good game. It was just the, wow, how far advanced it was at that time that just made you so attracted to it. And I realized that a few years ago. Um, but what they did with this was really change the game completely, right? It's no longer competitive, it's cooperative. And sure, the towers there was doing many different things that it was doing before. Uh, so, I mean, it's a completely different game based around the tower, keeping it as cool, pushing the technology probably as far now as Dark Tower did back then. So it's still going to have that, oh my gosh, this is really cool that it had back then that we felt with, but it's actually matching it with great game mechanisms by people that know what they're doing. Uh, and so I, it's definitely a lot deeper and it's much better in my opinion. Um, anything negative I could say is just that, you know, if someone played the old Dark Tower and they haven't played any board games since, you know, they haven't played anything in the last 10 to 15 years, and they've played no modern board games, they might sit down to this and be a little overwhelmed at the, at, the, at the gameplay experience and all the thought and the things that you have to do. They might think it's got too much going on at first, but again, the, the, it's actually very streamlined. I mean, you're doing one of three things in your turn, possibly going to a building and doing something. It is pretty easy from a gamish perspective, but there's still a lot of depth there. If you ask me about the, the weight of this game, I'd say probably about the weight of, I'd say, at least the scenario we played, uh, about a pandemic where it's not so far-fetched that you couldn't get someone who's never played modern board games and bring them in, because it is cooperative, so you can sort of teach them as they go. Um, so it's about that depth, but somebody who's never played anything in the last 10 or 15 years, if they just go to Target and heard about Pandemic and get it, they're probably going to be a little overwhelmed at first. And I think someone might be like that with this, but with the coolness factor, uh, I think they're going to spend the time that they'd like to learn it. But again, if you're bringing new people in, since it's co-op, it won't be that hard and it's very streamlined. For us gamers, sure, uh, it might seem like there's not too much going on, but there really is. There's, there's a lot of design space, a lot of thinking that goes on, even with these streamlined mechanisms. So I'm really looking forward to getting this. Just like when um, Fireball Island came out, I backed it I backed it at the All-In Pledge, and I'm definitely going to be doing it for this one, too. Uh, I was really impressed with my first play, and I cannot wait to see what else they're doing with all the different scenarios and such. Um, again, it's co-op, one to four player. Uh, and from, from speaking to them, it doesn't sound like any of the mechanisms really change too, too much when you're playing with less players, which is cool. Uh, so overall, that's my first impressions of just playing like one 90-minute session. But I'm really dying to get more players on my belt when this finally comes out next year. The Kickstarter is going to be launching, from what I'm told, as of today, uh, when this video comes out, January 14th. Uh, so that's what's going on. So that is Return of Dark Tower from uh, Restoration Games. This has been the Game Boy Geek, breaking down barriers, growing relationships through board games by helping you find the next one you'll love. 
Did you miss the Game Topper 2.0 Kickstarter? Have no fear, it's not too late to get in on the ultimate gaming accessory. Convert your table into a high quality gaming table with a fully portable Game Topper system and take advantage of some of the best 3mm premium gaming mats in the industry. New styles, new sizes, and new accessories can be yours. Upgrade every game you play by late backing now at GameToppersLLC.com.